welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week me and Miss Boo take turns picking films to watch and talk about. Some are good, some are bad, and some fit in right to that holiday spirit at the Film Club. Are you excited? I'm very excited, because we're talking about Gremlins 2, the new batch today. Yes, this is fitting in um, with our last episode for the holiday seasons, because last week we watched Gremlins, and now that we're on Gremlins 2, because logically that's where we have to go. Exactly, you can't have one without the other. Now, I'm trying to figure out my feelings on this movie. I think I loved it, but I'm not sure. I liked it. I mean, it felt very much Looney Tunes. Yeah. Let alone we open with Looney Looney Tunes. Tunes. Yeah. Which I'd forgotten about. I haven't seen this movie in a long time, so I forgot that we have that whole opening with Bugs and Donald. Yeah, Donald Duck. No. Is that Disney? Daffy Duck. Sorry. God God fucking damn it. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. I haven't watched Looney Tunes in a long time. But, yes, we have Bugs and Daffy fighting over the Warner Brothers logo. I mean, let alone anytime you hear the Warner Brothers theme. It's like, all right, we're going to get something great. I thought it was it was weird because when I started the movie and it started the old, like, Looney Tunes <laughs> Warner Brothers thing, I was like, did I click the wrong, the wrong mm-hmm. link? No, no, this isn't the movie. Oh, I'm in for some shit. All right, let me grab, let me grab the, the popcorn. All right. And this was an entertaining movie. It was a, it was so much wackier than the original Gremlins. Oh yeah. There's no Christmas involved in this at all. No. It, I mean, we're not in Kingston anymore. We're in New you know, York. We're in Manhattan. It's a really interesting movie. But honestly, what I found the most interesting about the movie isn't even the movie itself. It's like why it exists. So do you know the the story of of Joe Dante's uh becoming Orson Welles about this movie. No, I don't. Okay, so the first movie, if you people out there do not know, was a massive fucking hit. Yes. 1984, it was one of the top grossing films of that year. It, I think, made ten times its original budget, and people wanted a sequel. They asked Joe Dante, come back on and make a sequel, and he said, nah, I'm good. I don't want to make more Gremlins movie. So they were like, alright, fine, we're gonna make a better one with Blackjack and Hookers. But they really couldn't. They tried to get Chris Columbus to direct it. They tried Spielberg to direct it himself because mm-hmm. he was the producer. I think they even brought on like Francis Ford Coppola. Like they wow. brought on like like directors to do this, and all of them were like, mm, "Nah, I can't really do this." They get like halfway through the script and they're like, ah, "I'm out." And then they came back to Joe Dante, and they said, "We need a Gremlins too. You're the only one who can do it." And he said, "On one condition." But, you know, the condition where they're just going to say no, so they'll leave me alone. Yeah. He wanted 100% creative control. Final cut. Anything he says goes. They can't question anything he's doing. He has complete power over the film. Mm -hmm. And they said yes. I can believe it because this movie is just so off the wall. Yeah. And that kind of shit never happens. Yeah. I don't care who you are you still answer to somebody it's so rare you get a director that has complete creative control and also with three times the original budget yeah this is definitely joe dante's movie and watching it i can very much see what joe dante is into old schlocky horror flicks definitely into the looney tunes kind of into redheads i i got the whole movie yeah And it was also interesting that 
you know, we have that spiel with the Looney Tunes at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. And Daffy makes a point of saying, you know, you've been hogging this for 50 years. Well, that joke's in there because Warner Brothers and Bugs Bunny were celebrating 50 years together. So it was Bugs' 50th anniversary. So they kind of made that joke, you know, you've been in the limelight for too long. Let me have a crack at it. So it's just, you know, interesting to see how, yeah, I can see uh, Joe Dante really being into cartoons and just slapstick because there is just so much humor going on in this movie compared to Gremlins 1. Yeah, this is definitely more in lines of a comedy than, than the original Gremlins. Gremlins was more like a fantasy film with some horror stuff and some comedy. A little bit more on the serious side. I mean, it was still pretty tongue-in-cheek, but yeah. this is tongue through the cheek into, like, the next cheek over. I mean, it's we... It's full comedy. I mean, we have a flasher gremlin in this movie. We do. We also have uh, the female gremlin mm -hmm. that tries to Weinstein a security guard. We have a... God, we have a King Kong gremlin. Uh, we have a bat gremlin. We have smart gremlin. Yes. We have all these weird, wacky characters in this and also this is full-blown cartoon world yeah christopher lee is the mad scientist in this movie sorry yeah. sorry sir christopher lee is the mad Thank scientist you. in this movie and i was very shocked to see him that's how long i i've seen this movie i completely forgot that sir christopher lee was in this movie how, how long has it been since you've seen the oh, movie god because you said the last time you saw gremlins you were like 13 maybe around that same time B maybe it's been a long time do you think this movie just disappeared from the limelight for a good reason? Or was it just because, oh, it's not it's not Gremlins, so, man, it's fine. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I feel like the people that really love the Gremlins... I was going to say franchise. It's not a franchise. It's two movies. It's, it's the brand. Yeah, the brand Gremlins. I feel like maybe they'd stick with the original one. But I can see people loving both of these movies because they're kind of similar but then they're not because gremlins 2 is just batshit crazy yeah i mean i know this movie was not successful which is kind of weird because i think actually it's not even kind of weird because as soon as you see this movie you realize oh this is not the first one at all you watch this and you're like okay this is somebody who got a lot of freedom and was probably on a lot of cocaine but you know watching the movie thinking about it this should have a pretty solid cult following this should be one of those movies that oh you know the the trendies 90s or early 2000s hipsters should have like rediscovered and, and like claimed mm -hmm. like they did with most bad 80s movies sorry but i don't know because when this came out a lot of people just assumed oh you waited too long to make a sequel sorry buddy yeah because we have Billy and his girlfriend. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Uh, Phoebe Cates. You can just say the actress. Yeah. And then we have um, the couple from Kingston that come out to visit them in New York. Mm -hmm. The older couple that almost die with the tractor in the, in, first, in movie. the first movie. Yeah. So it's like we really only have four people from the original cast. Except for Wing that we see at the beginning of the movie. And, and he, he dies, dies in like the first ten minutes. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, we really don't have too many pulls to the original movie. There's a ton of new characters that are in this movie. You we get a lot of weird parodies and satires. You have a the whole building is a Trump satire. Yeah, like it even looks like Trump Towers. And you have the whole 
what is it? You have like the the mad scientist, which is just a joke about how ridiculous this shit is. And what and they're like twins. And then there's like Christopher Lee that shows up. And then you have like, oh, they're obviously they're doing something evil. They're a massive corporation. Mm-hmm. And it's there's a lot of just random jokes going on. You know, and then it's like, oh, you can't have stuff on your desk because, oh, first you put like a picture of your family on your desk. Oh, then people will have my my favorite dog mugs or all this other weird. Sh- this is just a giant movie that's giving the finger to like corporate culture. I yeah. think you know you can't have uh, this artwork that you created yourself. We have this expensive, bland artwork on the walls that just accompany everything that goes in this building. Everything is automated where if you don't move for, you know, a couple of minutes, everything shuts off at your desk. Nothing works because it's it's, it's crap. It's the 80s. It's crap that they think, oh, yeah, this is amazing. This is going to be revolutionary. And it's like, no, it's not. It's an inconvenience. I feel like that's like the movie is commentating on, on something like that. Like it, I might like, I think I like this movie more than the first Gremlins film. Because the first Gremlins film was just really entertaining, fun, you know, fun movie. But this one, I think it has a point. I think it's trying to say, like, 80s materialism, capitalism, all that stuff. It's like, man, this is this is what we're doing, man. We have, we got too much money. We're up our own ass, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're ruining, you know, the, the local town, you know, the, the culture, all this other stuff. I really think this movie is a lot smarter than should be on paper. Yeah, and I mean, you'd be in the same boat as Joe Dante because he prefers this movie over Gremlins. Oh, really? Yeah, and I mean, after you telling me that he had complete control, I can see why he would prefer this one over Gremlins. Yeah, from what I understand, he had final cut on final cut and final say on literally everything in the entire movie. Yeah. And yeah, it really shows through cuz there's no way no way in hell they would let him do half of this shit if he had to answer to a real producer. No, definitely not. But to go back to, you know, the building and Daniel Clamp, who owns it and is basically the Trump of this movie. Yes. And, you know, he's never been to this building and this is his first time going and he's like, wow, this is glorious. This is magnificent. I'm going to hang out here more often. Vote Daniel Clamp 2024. And you could, you know, buy his book. Which is basically it, it's Trump's the, book. It's literally the it's literally the cover of Art of the Deal, except yes. it has this guy's face superimposed onto it. It's it's hilarious. It's great. Th- that's like I think that's why I like this movie is because there's so so much of those like weird subtle gags in there. Like oh, when Phoebe Cates comes in to like pick like grab the gremlin and take him like out of the building. He's literally on top of the giant model thing, and there's all the airplanes. Mm, he's flying snapped. around his head, and he's like cuckoo, cuckoo. Well, it's all the airplanes. And he's smashing them up like he's King Kong. Yeah. And then you have Gizmo shows up dressed as Rambo with the little red bandana. I mean, how cute was that? It's adorable. Like, there's so many like references and jokes. It's a, one of those movies where there's like a joke a minute. You just got to pay attention to it. And I love, you know, that Gizmo, you know, progresses character wise, and that he just loves TV and. The brief moment we get with Wing, you know, Wing is just like, no, I told you no more TV because, you know, Gizmo's going nuts because he's watching Rambo. Uh, Rambo 2. Rambo 2. And then at the very end of the movie when they're, you know, walking into the sunset, Cade and Billy and um, Gizmo, Gizmo's in, you know, his little carrier and he's HBO, Cinemax, TNT. And he's like, yes, yes, we have all the channels at home. And it's just like, 
he's gone through this whole ordeal with the gremlins trying to kill him and he's just well can we watch some hbo when we go home <laughs> like really that's so the weird. true that's so the true weird. problem right there what am i gonna watch first uh, it, it is just a funny movie and it's a really interesting movie i i would say the best part about this is definitely the humor the humor is just like palatable it just works Right, and it's yeah. one of those things where it's hard to describe because there's so many like just visual gags in here. I mean, Kate, who is Billy's girlfriend, and she works in the the building with him, and mm-hmm. she's a tour guide. The stupid hat she has to wear with the building on top what? of her head. Oh my god, that is the dumbest hat I've ever seen. And I've mm-hmm. seen The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. There's some dumb hats. Uh, that's the thing. I just want people to go and watch this movie just so they understand what we're talking about because there's... So many gags, but have you ever been on those, like, like those rides or show things at, like, Disneyland, where it's, like, Eric Idle, and he's giving the whole, like, oh, everybody, oh, you gotta be Oh, yeah, careful. yeah, I, I've seen videos for the Eric Idle one in Walt Disney World. Yeah, so With this... With figment. Exactly. So this movie is that, but extended out to 108 minutes. That's kind of what it feels like. There's all these, like, little gags and joke things mm-hmm. in it, like, it's a Muppets Looney Tune thing. Yeah, that, that's how it felt to me. Like, we're watching Looney Tunes meets the Muppets. I mean, let alone my favorite scene of this movie has to be the ending where um, the smart gremlin starts singing New York, New York. Okay, that's good. I like I that I mean, one. it's New York, New York. Uh, it feels very much like um, New Year's Eve. They're throwing a huge party. They're just, you know, transitioning into different parts of pop culture. And it's just like... What is going on? And this is amazing. I don't want it to end because it's just so funny. Yeah. I think this movie just works so much better as a comedy. And I I had to look up who does the voice of the smart gremlin. Yeah. Who does that voice? Because it sounded so familiar. Well, it's Tony Randall who does the voice of him. But for the life of me, I thought it was Mel Gibson. And I was just like... Really? It just sounded like Mel Gibson to me. And I'm like really is Mel Gibson in this movie being smart gremlin? And I was just like, once the credits roll, I'm like, oh no, that's not Mel Gibson, but... What that... has Tony Randall done? Because his voice uh... sounded so familiar. Is this the biggest thing he's done? No, he's done a lot of movies. He was in Down With Love with Ewan McGregor. He's been on Conan's show, The Magic School Bus. Oh, wait, he was on The Magic School Bus? Mm-hmm. Shit, that's the deep cut, man. That's that takes de- me back. That's right, yo. But... Yeah, I, I really thought it was Mel Gibson doing the voice. I mean, that's a that's a weird one. It sounded like him to me. And I, I might sorry. I know Mel Gibson from Mad Max, where he says very little, and this brainy gremlin speaks way too much. That's the thing. And then we have uh, Howie Mandel, who is Gizmo in this movie. Yeah, he was Gizmo in the last one too. Was he? Yeah, yeah, he's been the voice of Gizmo. I, it's really weird because I just don't. Is it bad I only know Howie Mandel from, like, game shows? That and, um... I know he did Little Monsters with uh, Fred Savage. Because I know that movie. That was a... That one, hood classic. Go and watch Little Monsters. That is that a That movie, movie is lit. No, he also did that anime show. Was it, like, Life with Bobby? Where it's the little boy on the the big wheel? Oh, God. I have no idea. Because well, I know he's somebody who's... Very, very famous, but I think he was in that camp of famous people of a generation before me, Mm -hmm. and I don't... I'm sorry, Hamid, I don't know why you're famous. I'm pretty sure it's for a good reason. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the life of stuff. Bobby's World. There you go. Mm, Okay. 
Yeah, but um, to take it back to Daniel Clamp, who, you know, this is his building and this is his world, basically, because, Mm -hmm. you know, throughout the building, you hear, you can't come to New York without, you know, taking a tour through this building. And it's like, well, who wants to see this building? You know, yeah, it's a broadcasting center, but it's like, so? It's like, who cares? But I was wondering, did you recognize the actor that plays Daniel Clamp? I recognized him. He was in a bunch of, like, supporting actor and, like, character roles and stuff forever. I I want to say he's in, like, Batman Forever. I think that's him. And if not, then he's a he plays a mad scientist in something. What's he in? Well, I was going to tie it back to our Christmas time or our Christmas extravaganza from last year. He's in Scrooged. Is he? He's the one that Bill Murray's constantly fighting with. He's the consultant. That's right. That's right. I recognized him from somewhere. I could not place him. So it's, it's like the thing where you see a character actor and you're like, I know that guy. He's mm-hmm. that guy from that, that one thing. But you can never know their name. Yeah. It's the guy who's like, I've been in, uh, you know, a thousand movies. You know, I've been in all these Spielberg, all these other mm-hmm. movies. You have no idea who my name is because I'm always played the quirky mailman in all the movies. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting. He's kind of playing the same character in this movie, mm-hmm. but we get more of him. And it's just interesting to see the rise and fall and rise of this character because, you know, he's this tycoon and then... Oh my god, the world's ending and he plays that, you know, dramatic video of, well, it's been a blast, but now the world is going to end. Goodbye. You know that's a real video? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh I CNN. think CNN. Yeah. But back to Gremlins 2. Um yeah, but so what are your thoughts on the movie? What would you give this out of 10? Uh I'd probably knock it to a 6. Really? I liked it. It just, it really felt off the wall for me. Gremlins, it felt a little bit more structured, a little bit more tuned. This felt like I'm watching a cartoon. Yeah. And while I, I love cartoons, this was just like... Was it wow. too all over the place for you? It was a little all over the place for me. I mean, I loved Grandpa Fred, who mm. plays, you know, the... It, it's the guy from the Monsters, right? No, he's actually from um, Mrs. Doubtfire. No? Mm-mm. Oh, man. I really... They, like, they looked... Dead they, ringer. Yeah, they, they looked really similar. But I loved his character where he just wanted to be a news broadcaster and they stuck him in this role of basically being the Peter Vincent of the station. <laughs> yeah. Where that was also another thing that I didn't like about um, Clamp in this movie. He fires Rowdy McDowell? Well, no, not that. Just... He doesn't like black and white movies. He only likes color movies. So mm. they talk, you know, okay, tonight, Casablanca, in color. A, it's a Wonderful Life, in color. Yeah. Um, well, that's a whole j- joke about, like, George Lucas and, and um, God, who was a t- uh, t- Ted Turner. Yeah. Like, because you you know about that, right? Like, yeah. Ted Turner wanted to recolorize all those classic movies and stuff because, you know, oh, we had the advent of color and... The director obviously would have wanted these done in color if he had access to no. it. But that's, like, a thing. I think George Lucas lobbied the Library of Congress to not do that, to not allow that mm-hmm. to happen. Which is weird from George Lucas, who has gone on to remaster every Star Wars film at yeah. least three times. But, yeah, I, that's another thing. I really like this movie because it it comments on that stuff. It's really a microcosm of stuff going on around 1990 that joe dante was like i get to make fun of all these things in my own way 
and you can't say I can't. Yeah, I mean, we have a reference to Legos, which was huge in the 90s. Uh, when Clamp sees Gizmo for the first time, he's like, you know what, we could brand this and he could be one of those little things where they have the suction cups and you put them on the window. It'll be in every car in America. And it's just like... It's the whole joke about merchandising. Mm -hmm. You only create to make merchandising. Merchandising. I mean, let alone with the building when they um, when she pulls the fire alarm. And it's not just, you know, your basic, you know, fire, get out of the building. Oh, there has been a, an inferno set upon this building. Fire, meaning warmth. And it's just, it's giving you... It, you know, it's, it's this such extra on top of everything and people and are looking out their offices like well is it on fire i don't know well i guess i'll leave i mean and it's just talking and oh yes yeah, since the dawn of time man with fire and it's just like what is going on honestly so you give this movie a six right just because yeah. it's so all over the place yeah i give this movie an eight like the like you gave gremlins an eight an eight last week and i was like i can give it a generous seven eight yeah i can see that for pure entertainment this solid eight this is one movie is funny it's weird it, it i think it has a point it's commentating on stuff and it's works i at least i think it works is it all over the place yeah yeah it's a little all over the place but it's it all kind of comes together it does and, and i mean the, i the love... ending is is so much fun yeah and i love grandpa fred because we see him as this guy that's stuck in a role and wants to be something else and he's like well the gremlins are kind of taking over you know what, you, you you guy that has like the tons of cameras hanging off of his neck, you're going to be my cameraman and we're just going to commentate and we're going to go look at the gremlins and talk to them and clamp at the very end. He's like, you know what, you're going to be my newscaster at six, you know, go get some better clothes. And Grandpa Fred's like, okay, our next piece, how much does it cost to buy a new wardrobe in the city of Manhattan? We'll get back to you later on exactly. that. Exactly. The end of the movie still ends with all these one-liners, even if it's trying to be like heartfelt because it. That's the point. It's like, yeah, this is ridiculous. It's fine. It's a movie. Just go home happy. Yeah. But yeah, and, boo. And you do feel happy after this movie because, you know, the day is saved. Gizmo's going home with Billy. And then we have, you know, we do have the girl gremlin that survives. And and tries to Weinstein the security guard. And he doesn't seem to mind at the very end. Doesn't seem to mind at all. At first, he's kind of like, oh, God, no. And then he's like... Well, she kind of cute, though, so... She, I mean, she kind of fine, though. Yeah. But I think that was one thing that also caught me off guard when they were doing, like, uh, New York, New York, and their whole performances when they did Rhapsody in Blue. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, that was another one. It's like, yeah, that that is another perfect homage to New York. It's like, now we're going back to, like, the 20s, and it was, like, the big bands, and then I'm like, okay. I'm like, this is kind of great. Yeah, the ending of the movie is fantastic. It really it ties the room together. It does. But, boo, what are we going to be doing next week? Well, next week we're going to be switching it up a little bit. And it's technically a Christmas it's movie. It's not a Christmas movie hey, under we, any constraint. We start with Christmas in this movie. And we so, get out of that shit immediately. So it still kind of counts. But we're going to be talking about La La Land that's celebrating its fifth anniversary. I'm so hyped. I love this movie. Yeah, we saw it in theaters. I've not seen it since we saw it in theaters. Dean cried when he saw it. Huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the ending of the movie, eh, it kind of got me. But I'm an easy, I'm an easy crier. But yeah, no, I remember enjoying the movie a lot. I wasn't too surprised when it lost like Best Picture because it was nominated for what, like eleven Academy Awards, something like that. Yeah, and I think it only won like a handful of them, but. 
Yeah. Looking back on it, I'm going to be interested in revisiting it to see if it still holds up because I've seen a lot of people say it is not nearly as good the second time. So I'm excited to give it a watch. And I've seen it a bunch of times. So you'll hear our two differing opinions next week. But if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, you can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also YouTube. Yeah, you can find us on our YouTube channel, In The Frame. That's right, In The Frame on YouTube, where you can watch this podcast, the Film Club Podcast, as well as the other podcast I do, The Film Odyssey, where me and my brother are going through the AFI Top 100 Films of All Time, and we're talking about them one at a time. And some still hold up, some really don't, but I think you guys should check it out. It's a really fun podcast. But boo We'll see you next week at the Film Club. Have a good week, everybody. That's all, folks. Da-da-da-da-da-da.